everybody welcome out to the Bonner show today we are super excited to be out we are going to have a great day it's been a couple of weeks Scott was in Hawaii and getting a new puppy and I was out on the golf course I think every day but Scott how was Hawaii how, how's the new puppy what's going on in life man both things are good it was a busy couple of weeks to say the least um, too busy to do the pod unfortunately even though we have a lot to talk about I feel like we We've actually missed some things in the sports world, even though it's the off season. But things are good. Things were good in Hawaii. Things are doing so far so good with the dog, I guess you could say. So, yeah. How was golf? That's good to hear. Man, my, my golf game was rusty up until about yesterday. So it, it's been rusty, but I'm finally getting into the swing of things. I'm finally feeling good about myself. So it, it's You good. shoot a 100? Uh, 102. I think that's Jim. Oh. That's the low I'm shooting for this year. So good. Good to hear. You're breaking Jim's record at least. I'm I probably would not. I probably would not at all. <laughs> I don't know. You've still got the uh, brown jacket, so we'll see come next year. True. Uh, uh, not, not for very long. <laughs> uh, well, like you said, we missed a ton in sports, man. So let's just dive right into probably the biggest thing that's happened in sports and and the thing we're going to spend all of our time on today really is the NFL and, and the draft recap. I want to start off by saying, uh, are you happy that Trey Lance got picked up by the 49ers? Or were you hoping for Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Well, we know I was all aboard the Mac Jones trade, so I was a little bit disappointed at first. But really in the end, like my opinion of Trey Lance is like, I feel – I initially I felt like if you wanted a guy like Trey Lance why wouldn't you just get Justin Fields who has been demonstrated what Trey Lance has done really well on a higher stage um and I think I've come around to the idea that just like there might be a few quirks about Lance's game or about Fields's game that Shanahan didn't think he would like and I I think the more I research I've done obviously I'm gonna hide myself up about the Lance pick but I, I like his quick release. I like that he played in a pro-style offense. It's similar to the 49ers. So there's things that I'm a little bit worried about, the, the experience, the level of competition. But overall, it was probably the right pick compared to the other guys who run the board. I mean, we saw Fields slip to 11 somehow, even though I thought he was justified to take a number three. So maybe there's things wrong that just us unprofessional scouts aren't necessarily seeing. And there definitely could be. But – I don't know. I mean, Lance, like you said, is probably the least uh, experienced out of all the quarterbacks, but being behind Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad position. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with with Brett Favre, a, a little bit different. Brett Favre's a Hall of Famer, but he came in kind of raw, kind of like Trey Lance is, you know, so it, it could be really good and could pan out very well for the 49ers. I think it's a little more like Mahomes, actually, because I think Lance will just be the next Mahomes instead <laughs> of Rodgers. But I'd be fine with either of them, you know. If either of them turned out to be Rodgers or Mahomes, then I'll, I'll, we can work with that in San Francisco, I think. How are oh. you feeling about uh, Mr. Jones slipping to, to 15, to your Patriots? The next Tom Brady, man. I No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody kept posting the, the combine uh, picture side by side. Oh, it, they look just alike. I don't know. I. I, 
I was hoping for Fields. I wasn't willing to trade up. If I was the Patriots, I wasn't willing to trade up. And if, if all those quarterbacks were off the board at 15, there are still plenty of great players left in the draft that I thought they could have swung for. But like you and I have talked about mo- uh, a, a lot, we have seen that quarterback is probably the most important position. And it's worth taking a swing at 15 on a guy that could potentially be your next franchise quarterback. So that's how I feel about it. it I, I'm okay with the pick. I wasn't like ecstatic about it. I wasn't down in the dumps about it, but I'm okay with it. Totally. I think we didn't, didn't we both say that, that we would leave it, that the Patriots would take a quarterback in the draft. Cause I, I mean, it's, it's funny because right as soon as like, as soon as the Patriots were on the clock, it was like, it just it felt inevitable that they were going to take Mac Jones. Like it just, it just felt, even though we both had that like feeling that they weren't originally before the draft, it, it felt funny that like right as their pick came up, it was like, it's going to be Mac Jones and I would bet a hundred dollars on it, you know? Oh yeah. I, I think before, up until Carolina and Denver, I thought maybe a quarterback wasn't going to slip there. But once you got past Denver and Carolina, then I was like, oh, a quarterback could slip to the Patriots here, either Fields or Jones, and that would have been awesome. But we don't need to recap our teams the whole time. We can move on and talk about Oh, we should. You don't want it? I I want to, but but for the sake of the listeners from not having to listen to our fanboy mentalities, let's let's move on. Absolutely. And let's hear your favorite pick, not from your own team. Who was your favorite guy that got picked up? So I'll go along the the grain I was talking about earlier. Um, I I think my favorite pick is definitely Justin Fields to Chicago. It's gotten a lot of hype. Like a lot of people have loved that pick. I think it's, I I like it so much because of what the situation he goes into. I think there are still things he's going to have to work on, but he's surrounded by a great defense. He's got a few weapons on offense. They've got a, a good running game with David Montgomery. So I think he'll be set up for success right off the bat. And I, I just think he'll be, be maybe the one to break the chain both of uh, bad Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL and bad Chicago Bears quarterbacks. It's possible after one year he might be the greatest Chicago Bears quarterback of all time. <laughs> I mean, being, other than Jim McMahon, but I mean, he beats out who? Uh, Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman. Jay Cutler is the man, but yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I'm giving. It, Grossman and Trubisky, they're the ones people originally think of when they think of Bears quarterbacks, I feel like, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, that could be one of the best steals in this draft. Come three or five years, we'll know if that was a, an incredible steal or a crazy bust for Justin Fields to fall uh, clear to the Bears there. Totally. Uh, uh, my pick, I had... I had this guy high on my board. It wasn't as high as he got taken, but I love the fit that he got into. Jamin Davis from Kentucky went to the Washington football team. And I think this just kind of rallies out there, rounds out their football team, especially on the defensive side. You know, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jamin Davis, they're young. They're all great. They all have a lot of potential. And I think it's a great fit where he can go in with Ron Rivera, who's a defensive coach and really just learn some great things. So Jermaine Davis was my favorite pick, you know, outside of like Zach Wilson to the Jets, you know, some of these picks that were beforehand. Um, yeah. Jermaine Davis was, I think, just slides perfectly into that uh, football team defense. You make a good point because for as good as 
their defense was last year. For some reason, none of their linebackers' names from last year even come to my brain. So it definitely wasn't, I would think, a position of need if I at least didn't realize anybody. And and Carolina, when Ron Rivera was coaching there, they had a history of just great linebacker play. And I feel like he goes into a situation that he can, like, come in and be the guy, kind of be like London Fletcher was for the Redskins for so long. The football team could really benefit from having a, a standout in the middle. Yeah, I, I like that. I agree. I, I love it. I love your insight that, I mean, you think about those Panthers teams, like Luke Keekley was probably one of the best middle linebackers we've ever seen. And he was with Ron Rivera his whole career. So whether that's credit to both Luke Keekley and Ron Rivera or one or one over the other, either way, Ron Rivera was there for Luke Keekley and, and some other great linebackers throughout the years. Yeah, I feel like he goes into a, a pretty good fit, for sure. You make a great point. Well, let's let's move on to a second question I have right right now. The most surprising pick from round one for you. Who do you have? Okay, since I'm going first, I I had I feel like I have a hunch that you were going to take this guy, but I'm definitely going to go with Kadarius Tony from going to the Giants from Florida, and. Maybe you actually you weren't surprised by that because you did pick him for your uh, your fantasy team or whatever. But for me, him being the fourth wide receiver off the board to a team that literally has loaded up on wide receiver throughout free agency and already was pretty stocked at wide receiver last year did not make a lot of sense to me. I really loved the trade back. Everyone was giving their uh, their GM David Gettleman like crap that he would never trade back. Daniel Jeremiah was saying there'd be like a a left turn in NASCAR or whatever, a right turn, whatever, which way they don't go before Dave Gettleman trades back. And then, of course, he does. And then they pick Kadarius Tony, And I'm like, there feels like there's a lot more, like, spots on the Giants. So that one definitely shocked me. Yeah. What about I, you? Uh, the Giants, it's tough to say where their struggles come from because, like, they have a lot of wide receivers, like you said. They've drafted offensive linemen in the first two rounds of the last three drafts. Uh, maybe they could have went somewhere defensive, but I love Kadarius Tony. I think he's the best open field player in this draft. And and that's why I think, I mean, Giants probably just went best man on their board and took him and, you know, are trying yeah. with that. But I, I was kind of shocked by that pick as well, but it wasn't the most surprising to me, but I was shocked. I, well. On your point of Giants needs, I think I could go ahead and say their biggest definitive need is quarterback. So <laughs> I would have liked, liked to see them maybe stay at their spot or trade up like I made in my mock draft. But I don't run the Giants, and that's probably a good thing. So They're running it one more year with Daniel Jones. They, they really are. Run it back. Danny Dimes, MVP. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, my pick for the most surprising <laughs> – you know I had this guy high on my draft. I had him as a first-round grade, but I didn't think he was going to be going in the first round. Uh, I love this guy from, like, the very get-go, the first play I saw of him at Houston. Peyton Turner. Oh, Peyton Turner went to the Saints, and I was quite shocked. I feel like the Saints have a lot of needs currently. There's a lot that could have happened with the Saints, and they went with a defensive end that they could have potentially gotten in the second round. So I was pretty shocked about how high Peyton Turner went and and really just the pick there. Same. There was like buzz all morning that the Saints were trying to trade up actually into the top 10. And then they sat at whatever that was, 28. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody like you was was definitely shocked. 
the only highlight I think they even showed of him was like him sacking Zach Wilson. <laughs> so, and everybody had him too. Like they're like second round, late second round, early third round. Who knows with a lot of these edge rushers though. I don't think there was, I don't think it was a super deep or talented class. And yet we still saw six edge rushers get taken in the first round. So maybe they just felt like he was their guy and they needed to get him before all the other ones went. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, definitely could be. And like you said, this this draft might not be as deep as Ed, Edge Rusher as we've seen before, but Peyton Turner, to me, he came into Houston as a, a true edge. He came in like 240 pounds, just fast, and they asked him to move inside one year. So he put on 60 pounds in one year to, to go inside Ooh. for Houston. Yikes. Here they moved him back outside, so he cut 30 pounds off. So I don't know. I, he's like Christian Bale. He just does does any role he's asked. It's crazy. Just losing weight, gaining it. And and I think maybe that's why they they took him because he yeah. did some things. But I don't know. I I had him high on. I took him in the fantasy draft. He was my second highest rated defensive end in this draft. So true. You know, like for me, that was pretty crazy that he was taken. But like, I was shocked he was taken in the first round. Totally. Yeah, I, I was shocked too. So. That's a good one. Okay, good. I, I like that you're on board with me. Let's move on to our favorite surprise pick. This is a little bit different than uh, the most surprising pick. It's our favorite pick that we were surprised about. And then we'll okay. talk about our least favorite because I, I like the pick with Peyton Turner. I was just so shocked about it. Um, yeah. My favorite surprise pick, I thought the Lions were going to trade down and get more draft capital, but they took my guy, Penny Sewell. And you know how high I've been on him. This <laughs> so, so seeing him go that high and potentially being the franchise left tackle for the Lions, I love it. He, the first overall pick in the, uh, the 2021 Bonner Show draft, I mean, he somehow slipped to seven. A lot of people say he's like the surest thing outside of Trevor Lawrence in this draft. And for them to get him at seven and be like a thing they actually need to is, is pretty shocking. It was – surprising to see the Lions I guess not with like their coaches had their head coaches mentality but the Lions are basically just like we're gonna pick every single lineman offensive and defensive in this draft and trenches are all we care about so hopefully Jarrett Goff is is a little bit more comfortable about going to Detroit he's he's not as worried about the cold and his blind side so I like that pick too yeah I I agree you've got to protect Goff especially if you're paying him that much money for real. Um, my favorite surprise picks, I'm going to go with two um, because they have the same last name, and that's Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore. Um, Elijah Moore going to the Jets, Rondell Moore going to the Cardinals. Very different players, but everybody was surprised that Elijah Moore slipped outside of the first round. There's a lot of like comparisons to A.J. Brown, probably just because he played as well at Ole Miss, but he's really good. Um, with yards after the they gave him Zach Wilson an option right off the bat, um, especially just because they are a little bit more limited at wide receiver. So I think he can come in and be both a good slot wide receiver and sort of like maybe an outside playmaker. And Rondell Moore, same kind of goes for them. He's just a good like balance to DeAndre Hopkins is like number one wide receiver. I think Rondell Moore will be really versatile. He's the same size as Kyler Murray, too, both 5'7 or whatever, so he'll be able to see him easy. So it, just, it works out. 
I love it. I think uh, Ole Elijah Moore might be the steal of the draft, and, uh, especially in the second round. The second round, it felt like there were quite a few good players that got taken. Um, I do want to ask you later who the biggest steal of the draft is, so don't reveal okay. that. I won't spoil I won't spoil it for you. But I do love the two wide receivers. This class was deep in wide receivers, and for them to, to go down that low, I, I do think they were good surprise picks there. How about your least favorite surprise pick? I've been vocal about this to you. Um, maybe not to anyone else, but I was really, I mean, it's funny because there's been a lot of talk about the draft and like how much credit should the Jaguars get for drafting Trevor Lawrence? Like, do they deserve, when everybody wants to give their draft grades, do they deserve an A? And even though they drafted Trevor Lawrence, what they did with their second pick in the first round just totally wipes out that pick to me. I feel like you could have really given him either a spot on the line or a weapon out in as a wide receiver. And I like Travis Etienne as a player. I don't like the fact that they already have a, a great undrafted round um, or last year's pretty much best running back that was undrafted set the, the, the rushing record. Um, and then they also just signed Carlos Hyde. And so why are you then drafting a running back in the first round, let alone when you already have two guys who you're playing to play ahead of him? That was a long way around to get to my point. But anyway, for them to just say, for Urban Meyer to come out and say, we like ETN, we're going to make him our third down back. Why are you drafting a guy that you're going to play like maybe one down per series in the first round? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It feels like they were just drafting him because they wanted to appease Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know. I, I agree. I was shocked by that pick. Um, there were so many players left, whether, like you said, interior linemen, they could have picked up a lineman to help protect Trevor rather than getting a third back in that backfield to compete for touches. But I don't know. It, it is up to Urban Meyer and up to that team and, and what they wanted to do. That was a, a, a different pick, I would say. I would agree with you. That was a <laughs> I, I think I just am sick about back-to-back -back run, Like, running backs in the first round alone just give me the heebie-jeebies, and then two going back-to-back. -back, like, come on, guys. Let the dust settle or something. I, seriously. And, and we both have talked about how much we – how high we grade running backs and how, uh, how uh, important we think they are. But yeah. – I, I agree with you there. So let me go to my least favorite pick. Then I want to ask you your biggest steal of this draft. My least favorite was Alex Leatherwood. Uh, he went oh. to the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, I was mind boggled. Christian <laughs> Garrisaw was still there. Alex Leatherwood at that point was like my third best offensive lineman, ava lineman available. I can't even remember who else was there, but I mean, Darius he was probably like your was he had to be later. I mean, a lot of people had like third round grades for him or second round, I guess. But yeah, he he wasn't in my first round grade. I think I had uh, Darisaw and Tevin Jenkins for sure ahead of him. I'm trying to think if there was anyone else, but I was shocked that the Raiders took him, and and it, I don't know. It just felt weird that the Raiders took him, and there were so many players on the board. It just it felt so Raider-like, but it, it made me not like the pick at the same time. They, he, John Gruden just has to – he has a shtick, and he has to stick to it. And he, I saw someone make a good point about that pick. Um, they said if you had switched their second-round pick, Trayvon Morig, 
to their first round and taking Leatherwood to their second round with their second round pick, everyone would be saying, wow, that's an incredible draft. What a, what a great, great draft the Raiders are having. So it makes like, makes sense, but I'm, but I'm with you. I'm like, why? Maybe they had Intel that other people were also really high on him and they just really wanted him. But it seems like you can get a guy like that later. He's an interior offensive lineman, right? Isn't he a guard? Um, he can play left tackle. So he did play left tackle. Or is tackle. he kind of a hybrid? Okay. Yeah. I mean, they already have Cole Miller. They needed they needed an offensive lineman because they only had Cole Miller left from their line last year. So they definitely needed to, to do something there. But – I agree with you. I mean, even the analysts, when that pick happened, they were kind of like they, – they tried not to hide their shock, but they were definitely shocked. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, let me segue this in because this leads to my biggest draft steal, talking about Leatherwood here. Uh, okay. My biggest draft steal, then I'll ask you, since we kind of segued into it, Trayvon Morig from TCU oh. went to the Raiders. I think there you go. He was my highest graded safety, and he was – I think the second safety off the board. I think uh, he was probably everybody's highest grade safety, honestly. Yeah, and and the Raiders somehow got him. So it went from the Raiders making this like, oh, that's kind of surprising pick to like, oh my gosh, like the Raiders. Yeah, they got him. So typical Raider fashion, they surprised me in multiple ways. Totally. Totally, yeah. You were right. That was he was the second safety off the board because Javon Holland from Oregon went before him I think a few picks to Miami but maybe they just maybe Gruden just drafted Leatherwood because he thought his last name sounded great just rough and gritty or something but you're right like to get Morig there like a guy everyone has like as a consensus the best safety in the draft I I think they should be pumped to come away with them that is a steal I, I think it's a huge deal. And let's talk about Javon Holland, too, because I really like Javon Holland. Freshman year, he played as a slot corner, and then they moved him to safety a soft, as, at his sophomore year. Or maybe it was his sophomore, then junior year. But he started out as a slot corner, and then they moved him to a safety. That's another versatile player coming out of this draft that's played multiple positions. Totally. You got to love that from your secondary with how much you need to, to flip everybody around. With all those little slot guys running around, it takes – it it probably makes a, a huge, I don't know, like huge bonus to have like some slot experience. So I like it. Oh, yeah. Well, let's hear your steal of the draft, Scott. Let's hear it. Okay, I'm going to go with my steal being the third pick in the – my third pick in our Bonner Show fantasy draft. He went to your Patriots, and he didn't even get picked in the first round. So it either shows how bad I am at evaluating players – which is probably likely, but I also am just like, this guy was the clear cut, like best interior lineman, interior defensive lineman in the draft. And somehow we had like, so we had like five corners taken in the first round. We had five wide receivers. We had three linebackers. We had six edge players and not a single interior defender was taken. I know like the, the, I don't know, like philosophies are shifting away from their importance, but I feel like he, will make a really big impact in New England and be like a cornerstone guy for them. I'm just hoping for a Vince Wilfork type guy. If he could put on a couple hundred pounds. And- <laughs> yeah, he needs to put about 300 more pounds on for sure. <laughs> that, that would be prime for me. I would love to see that. But I do agree. Barmore in that second round, awesome pick by the Patriots. Two Alabama yeah. players. 
Back to back, but I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, he likes his Alabama. The Saban Belichick connection is is for real. I my two other steals were also guys that I took that made it didn't even. It was uh, Elijah Molden and Jabril Cox, and they went in the third round, the fourth round. So I think just overall hindsight, not a great draft from your boy, honestly. Hey, we weren't a- seeing it the same way as NFL teams were. Well, we'll see how it pans out here in about a year or two. So let's let's move on, Scott. We have two more questions for you today. Uh, let's hear your your how you liked your team's draft, and if you had a grade for your for your team, how would you grade them? Okay, well, similar to how I talked about with Jacksonville, I don't know if they – I think they deserve credit for take, not taking Mac Jones, but I feel like that should have just been obvious already to begin with. So I liked the Lance pick. I really liked the, uh, the Ambry Thomas pick as well, the corner from Michigan. I, I was fine with taking a couple of guards. I think we're – I'm burying the lead here, but I give him a, a B- minus just because of these negatives, I think. I feel like there were clear-cut needs at cornerback and wide receiver, and they addressed the cornerback ones later, but and, and they, they got a couple of guys, but I also feel like they missed out on, like, better options, like Asante who slipped down, also, like, some other slot guys, like maybe Elijah Molden um, being one of them. I don't know. I just feel like they missed a chance. And then also them taking two running backs – when Shanahan has already made magic out of just undrafted running backs, trading for your guy, Trey Sermon, who's, he's, he's going to be a stud. Um, I was just kind of surprised by that when I feel like, I don't know who's going to be their third wide receiver this year. So I don't know why they didn't take one. You know? <laughs> so anyway. Good, good analysis on that. It's very real. You can, you can tell it's kept me up at night. I know. I, I can tell it's really uh, given you. You've given some thought to that, so I I like it. I I also want to. I had a B grade for the Patriots. I think Ronnie Perkins, the defensive end, the edge from Oklahoma, and Barmore were great picks. In the late rounds, I wasn't really sure. I mean, I'm sure Belichick will swing something for them, but or, or do something with them. But I wasn't really like impressed by the late round picks. Mac Jones, I think, was an average pick. So. I went with a B grade for the Patriots and, and really the only reason why it's a B is because Barmore slipped to the second round. <laughs> well, I mean, they got a couple of their guys. Do you feel like they filled their positions of need that, that they, uh, they required, I guess, going in? Yeah. I, I feel like they didn't really have too many positions of need outside of maybe like another corner. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, most of their needs were filled in free agency, so the draft wasn't really as important to me for the True. Patriots. True. Truly. They used about their entire salary cap on the on yep. free agency. So yep. that was that was the draft 1.0. This this NFL draft was just, just fun and games for them, I guess. Just the dog set up on the Zoom call again. It was. It was just fun for them. Well, Scott, let's end out. Let's end with talking about the regular season. Which game are you most excited for from the regular season schedule that was just released this week? Okay, I know you have two, so I'm going to go with one, and then you go with one, and then okay. I'll go with my other. Okay. All right. My probably the one I'm most excited for. I'll start with the one in week one um, that really jumped out to me it was just Chiefs Browns, a rematch of of last year's playoff matchup. I feel like that'll be definitely entertainment TV and, and should be a primetime game. Unfortunately, it's not. But 
I feel like we're definitely going to see, like, I know it's week one, so you shouldn't make all of your judgments about a team yet, but we'll definitely see whether the Browns are the contender everyone's making them out to be this this offseason so far. Cool. I like it. And the Chiefs come out hot in uh, September, so we'll see how that pans out for the Browns. True, true. I want to talk – first, I'll talk about a Patriots game. I think the Patriots have one of the biggest games on the schedule, and that's the Patriots versus Bucks. Tom Brady's return. He has potential to be one of the few quarterbacks in NFL history to be all 32 teams. So that's just one I want to mm. highlight real quick mm. and put it on the back burner. Got to throw that anecdote out there. <laughs> He'd have to wait three years probably if he didn't win this one. That means – so if he, you want him to lose because then that means he'll play three more years. Exactly. Patriots again. Exactly. That's what I want to see. Oh, man. Do you think – who do you think gets the W in that game? Is that the Patriots? Does he know Tom Brady well enough, Belichick? We'll talk about that week four of our podcast. We'll see how that comes out later on in the year. Okay. All right. No, don't give don't away – uh... Spoilers. Okay. Okay, good. All right. My second one, I'm going to go with a sophomore QB matchup in week 13. It's Bengals versus Chargers. Is that you? Yeah. Yes, that's my matchup too. Awesome. There we, I love go. there we go. You take it away. You take it away. What are you excited about? You start. You had us with the sophomore <laughs> matchup. Let's go, boy. No, I just wanted to see. I, I think everybody's going to use it to answer their questions about who's better, which is obviously so stupid. But I think they're just both so talented and fun to watch and really easy to root for. So a couple of really exciting teams. It's unfortunate it has to come all the way in week 13. But I feel like I'm, we're hoping for big points in that one, baby. It's probably going to be like a 10 to 3 game, but big points already. I'm ready to bet the over already. I was going to say, this is one where I see the over coming in and coming in hot. But I, yeah. I like it just because of how powerful the offenses are and the fact that this could be like a potential matchup for multiple years to come. Like we, in five or 10 years, we could be talking about oh, it's Burrow versus Herbert, like kind of like how we talked about Brady and Manning, you know? Mm-hmm. So I am excited for this matchup. It's their first matchup together. Burrow coming off of his injury, Herbert coming off such an amazing rookie year. It will be so much fun to see, and I'm excited for this game. Totally. Um, I feel a little bit better about that pick. I, I was coming into it thinking, like, am I stupid for saying the most – anticipated game I have is a game play between the Bengals and the Chargers but I don't know I mean I feel like it'll be fun I feel like the hype will be definitely out of control for it just because of both of where those those quarterbacks were drafted last year and the strides they made so anyway I think it's gonna be exciting I agree well great Scott that was a great podcast today we're so glad that we were able to link up and get it going and I'm glad you were able to have some rest and relaxation away from your hard stress of work on the podcast. I really appreciate totally. you. Totally. Yeah, the podcast is a grind. I definitely <laughs> needed a vacation to get away. I, I knew yeah. it. Thank you so much. Well, Scott, are there any closing remarks? I know I had some. I had some closing remarks to say, but probably not. I should probably go back and tend to my dog. My dog's probably ready to get up from its nap. He's ready for you. You better go back and get it. Well, thank you, Scott. We'll uh, catch you on the flippity flop on, on another week of the Bonner Show. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Cheers.